I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A -a one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ship Registry Bahamas. The 1865 Match Report. Hello and welcome to the 1865 Match Report. As Forest's Premier League return ended in a 2-0 defeat to Newcastle United at St James's Park. A long-range strike from Fabian Scher and a Callum Wilson finish gave Newcastle the win. And to be honest, they, they more than deserved it on the day. Forest struggled to really get going and the gap between the Championship and the Premier League and that sort of jump up in quality, I think, was evident on the day. Before we get into the match report itself, we later on in the podcast will hear the view from the opposition. We've got a Newcastle fan from the Tune Under podcast joining us. And we've also got Forest news coming up later. So a disappointing return to Premier League football for Forest after 23 years away. There's plenty for us to discuss and to to look over from the match at St. James's Park. And I've got Tom Newton with me, who was there, one of the travelling Forest fans up in the gods, cheering on the Reds. Tom, just quickly before we go into the team news, what was it like travelling to a Premier League match as a Forest fan? Um, it was exciting because obviously it's a decent journey up to Newcastle and um, then obviously certain landmarks on the way going up the, the, the A1. And obviously once you saw the Angel of the North, you knew just around the corner there was Newcastle. So, um, yeah, the journey up there was uh, pretty decent yesterday. Uh, no, Not too many uh, uh, traffic problems or anything so yeah it was uh, exciting and uh, it was a decent um, day weather-wise and everything up in uh, Newcastle and yeah it was just nice to uh, get the Premier League season up and running. And the team news from Forrest's point of view was that Steve Cooper handed debuts to six of the summer signings so Dean Henderson was in goal the Back three of Worrell, Nia Carte, and Scott McKenna. 
Forest lined up in the, the same sort of formation that served them well last season with three centre-backs, wing-backs, two in midfield with one in front and then two up top. The wing-backs were new signings, Harry Toffolo and Nico Williams. Jack Colback against his old club in the middle of the park alongside Lewis O'Brien, another of the new signings. Jesse Lingard just in front of them and then Brennan Johnson and Sam Surridge up top. What did you make of the the lineup, Tom, and, and team choice from Steve Cooper before the match? Um, at the at the moment, I think that when you look at what we've got available, I think um, the team near enough um, picks itself. Um, so uh, yeah, I wasn't too surprised with the um, with the team really. But as the match uh, went on, I just certain bits what I picked out was that. Um, Colback and Lewis O'Brien are two similar players, and I just think we need a few extra legs in there. But I, at the moment, I think um, I think the team picks itself um, at the moment, and I think we're going to might see like a bit of change in the next few weeks as new personnel comes in. The opening twenty minutes, I thought, was a bit of a baptism from Forest's point of view. They 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 were struggling to get out of their own half and Newcastle really threw everything at them in that in those opening exchanges. Uh I lost count of the amount of corners that Newcastle had. I don't know if you could keep track in the stadium, but it was a good seven or eight corners, I think, in those opening twenty, thirty minutes. Yeah, I mean first ten minutes I was asking to um um people around me how many corners is that? And I'm sure by ten minutes it was six. Um, but like he says, they um, Newcastle come out of the traps uh, really quickly and just pend us back. And um, Fort Forest in the first what twenty minutes coped defensively with set pieces and what was coming into the box and and everything. But like he said, we just couldn't uh, get out, um, especially in the first twenty minutes. And uh, I just thought then uh, Forest needed a break or something, and it didn't really happen. And it was you just looked thinking this is going to be a bit of a long afternoon, and you just hope that Forest. Uh, stay strong, um, especially up until half-time. To be fair to Newcastle and the, the their supporters, they created a, a right atmosphere um, around St James's Park. They were obviously excited about a new season, first full season under Eddie Howe, and they were up for it. The players seemed up for it as well. So Forrest were always up against it in terms of of that atmosphere and that kind of excitement around Newcastle. And for us next week, that'll be us against West Ham. So we will have that in our favour in our game next week. But I think you touched on it there. Forrest, when they had the ball, and this wasn't just in the opening 20 minutes, this was throughout the game. They struggled to get their foot on it and retain possession, didn't they? And it just kept coming back. Yeah. Um, when you look at Newcastle, um Apart from St. Maximum, who was quick, um, it was speed of thought, which was the massive difference here. I mean, Newcastle only needed one or two touches to release the ball and get somebody else in. We need, needed three or four. And when you do that, Newcastle are going to close you down really quickly. And then we're like obviously facing our own goal, like looking to pass it back or um, they were putting a block in or intercepting the ball. And that was seemed to be the um, the common factor for the whole afternoon. We just gave the ball away cheaply. I think we was naive with the ball and without the ball. And I mean, hopefully in the next uh, few weeks, um, Forrest will iron out these um, these problems and um, hopefully we can retain the ball better 
and close down um, quicker and don't need as many touches. But uh, yeah, as soon as uh, we got the ball, Newcastle were on us and um, that was um, a huge difference uh, yesterday. And Newcastle did have some chances in that first half. There was a shot from Joel Linton, which Henderson parried away, which was a decent save. Joel Linton then went on a run himself and must have beat four or five Forest players, came across the front of the penalty area. Um, And I think actually Scott McKenna deserves a bit of credit here because he came sliding across. And I think he did just enough to force Joel Linton into dragging the shot wide. Um, A few instances of set pieces coming into the box. Kieran Trippier with his delivery that we know all about. Um, Henderson tipped across onto the post as well. Um, I forget who who that was from the Newcastle side, but... I think it was Almiron. Almiron, that's it. Um, But again, it was an example there. Forrest were up against it. Newcastle were starting to carve out chances. They had some... Really good movement from the likes of St. Maximan, Almiron, Joel Linton, Callum Wilson really were, were pulling Forrest around. But I thought Forrest did defend quite well, even though they were under the cosh. I thought defensively they were doing okay. What did, what did you think? Um, yeah, uh, like I said, they were under the cosh. And I think every set piece, Forrest, I think they alluded to it in the post-match um, interviews yesterday. They made, um, first were the ones who made contact with the ball first as the balls were coming into the box. And I thought we'd look pretty strong in that, um, aspect. Um, near Carte, um, McKenna and Walt, they were getting heads on, um, most things and, and Henderson were coming for, um, the ball quite a few times and then releasing, um, Nico Williams on the right hand side. So in that aspect, that's a, that's a positive, but it's just the other bits and bobs which obviously overshadowed that positive, uh, really. So, uh, but hopefully, like I said, um, we can uh, iron out those problems and um, start to um, get going uh, sooner rather than later. How did you think that the new players settled into this Forest side? The likes of O'Brien, Nico Williams, etc. Near Carte as well, who was busy defensively. How did they look to you? Um, I'll start with the goalkeeper, I thought. Henderson, pretty decent, pretty sure, but um, we've mentioned in our chat, I think he could have done better um, with the first goal what um, Shaw scored. But having said that, he wasn't helped with the players around him because they basically didn't close him down. And he's, he's basically, uh, couldn't believe his luck when, he's, uh, when nobody's closed him down and he's had a shot on goal. So I thought he did okay in uh, periods. Um Nico Williams, he, like I said, he was good in periods, but then he was um, responsible for um, losing the ball on a few occasions. Nick Carte looks pretty decent. He, I think he's going to uh, be a real um, star in our um, back line. Um, O'Brien, I thought he started okay, but as soon as he got that booking and him and Colbert, I think they're too much of a like. And um, so, but but sometimes like Colback was keep coming over to help Toffolo out. I thought Toffolo, he was sometimes he's good, but sometimes he he struggled. Um, Lingard, I don't think he's hundred uh, percent match fit yet, but there was you could see like he's played at the highest level. You could see bits uh, when he was like getting the ball and obviously playing it out wide to Johnson, um, etc. Then um, I think as soon as Awani. Uh, Come on, and Mangala. Um, I think the game was uh, petering out in 
Newcastle's favour really and it was just a matter of time before they got their second goal because I think Forrest uh, being pulled all over the place and um, I think they were mentally and physically knackered uh, yesterday but like I say it's a learning curve and uh, and shows the uh, step up in uh, class when you get to the Premier League Yeah definitely the 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 chance that Forrest created in the first half their, their first chance of the game really involved Lewis O'Brien, he won the ball back, drove forward and on the edge of the box, threaded a lovely ball through and Jesse Lingard, with his movement, got on the end of it. His shot was blocked by Cher, but that was a little moment of quality from Forrest and a little sign that there was something there, wasn't there? Yeah, um, but yeah, it was a good play, but ultimately it was like it wasn't enough because of obviously um, a bit of naivety in our play to... When we was losing the ball, we wasn't going to get, we couldn't get in those positions um, enough, um, and hopefully it will change in the next uh, few weeks. And I don't want it to be doom and gloom after the first um, first game because I think anybody who went to the game or who watched it on a stream or whatever, know there is still work to uh, do. But the good thing about it is that um, there's things still to do, but it's happening during a transfer window. So that was would have been a real eye-opener yesterday of what we need. And we've still got, obviously, two or three weeks to actually uh, get more players in. And uh, I want to say bedding, and along with the players who have been signed um, earlier in the summer, uh, I think we, we will get there, but it's just going to take a bit of time. And I said before the game yesterday, we um, it, it was going to be a bit of a slow burner for, uh, for us. Why we was waiting for those players to gel, etc. And, and obviously, iron out any... Um, any problems I think um, it's going to take a bit of time before we gain momentum but that happened last season if you remember we had a terrible start and uh, Chris Hutton was sacked Steve Cooper come in and, um, and you could see a huge improvement but obviously the improvement took a bit um, quite a long time for everything to click then obviously as soon as that happened then we started going up the table and I got a funny feeling um it's going to be the same this season where we're going to be a slow burn and as soon as slot players gel, etc., and get used to Steve Cooper's workings, then uh, we will start to um, gradually improve. On to the second half then. Having gone in level at the break, and I think Forrest would have been very happy with that, the second half started in a similar fashion. Newcastle on top, pressing, forcing Forrest back and and stopping Forrest from playing out. I think we were trying to play out in the same way as we did in the championship, playing out from the back, but Newcastle's pressing and their energy and ultimately their quality stopped us from being able to to play how we were so used to playing in the championship. And they probably did make us look like a championship team that was trying to compete in the Premier League at times. They did have a chance. And it was some maximum played through on goal, but Scott McKenna again came across, made the block between him and Henderson and the ball went away. But Newcastle eventually did get their opening goal. Forrest held out until 58 minutes and talk us through this one, Tom. To to be fair, it was one hell of a strike. Um, It was. I think there was a bit of naivety in the play uh, beforehand, like too too many touches and ultimately um, as the ball um, got played over to the far side and cross coming and initially McKenna uh, has cleared the ball but then we didn't pick up the second ball uh, I think Colback's the closest to it and he's 
he hasn't really closed down uh, Fabian Sharp and he's just hit it from what 25 yards and been, I mean I've seen a bit of criticism from uh, certain quarters that Dean Henderson could have done better and I think he ultimately I think he could have done better if you're in the Premier League and you've got a player of Premier League class who's played there um, and obviously on the periphery of the England squad uh, I think he should be saving that but um but if you look at the play prior to that, um, I think we was a bit all over the place because we had the ball in our possession. We've lost the ball. It gets switched over to the left-hand side. And I just think, yeah, we wasn't really set for it. But yeah, I think he should be saving that. But that's not taking away anything from uh, Fabian Shaw. It is a decent strike. But uh, ultimately, we've got to do better in terms of closing them down. Regardless of where it is, you've got players in the Premier League and you can score absolute worldies. And as soon as that ball come to Fabian Shea, we should have closed him down, but we was like stood off. And it's like, you can have a free shot in, he has done, and it's gone into top corner. And he's hit ones like that for Newcastle before from very similar positions, in fact, where he strode forward and and, and belted one into the top corner. So, yeah, that's probably one where Forrest should have been a bit more aware of what he can do. He He's not just a centre-back, he's a centre-back who can strike a ball lovely as well. So, yeah, one one for Forrest to learn from there. There were similar vibes about the second goal as well, weren't there? A bit of overplaying and giving the ball away in a dangerous position and eventually that led to the second goal and more or less killed Forrest off at that point, didn't it, Tom? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, again, naivety in the play, trying to play it out, too many touches, uh, not being uh, precise enough with the pass. Um, then Newcastle get it back and um, obviously... I think it's St. It Maxman who puts the cross in and all he needs is like a little dainty flick from uh, Callum Wilson and uh, he's looped it into the uh, the far corner. So, yeah, that, that killed us off and knocked the uh, stuff out of us. Because at 1-0, you, you might have one chance and might be able to um, uh, basically get a 1-1, but we didn't get that chance. They got the chance to score the second goal and that basically was the end of the uh, the game in everybody's eyes. Forrest did have one move which perhaps they could have scored from and that was Nico Williams away down the right-hand side. He actually puts in a brilliant ball. If you watch it back, he whips it in fantastically and gets it between Newcastle defenders for Sam Surridge to come on to. But he plants his header into the ground and the ball goes away and and the chance was missed. And uh, on the on the stream I was watching, the, the co-commentator thought that Surridge should have actually scored there. It was a tough chance, but it was a sign there of the quality that Nico Williams has got. That was a, It was a superb ball in. Yeah, definitely. It, it was a good ball in. But if you look, um, when Surridge is starting his run, he comes in between two defenders. And I think the defenders don't really do a lot, but they do a lot, if that makes sense. So just close that space. And then obviously he's coming between them. Um, got his header in and uh, didn't really get it on target. So I think, I think he, if no disrespect to Sam Surridge, but if that's like a, a top end Premier League striker, it's a goal. And unfortunately, at the moment, Sam Surridge isn't a top end Premier League striker. So it's probably a half chance at best for him. But uh, it was like, but the delivery in from uh, Nico Williams was uh, absolutely uh, brilliant and uh, hopefully he can do more of that in the uh, coming weeks and months. Ultimately though, Forrest didn't find any other ways back into the match or create many chances. 
in that second half and, and Newcastle eased their way to a deserved victory. Looking back on the Forest performance, what do you think they could have done differently to perhaps be more competitive or to possibly change the, the course of the match? Um, I think players need, like I said, players need to be quick with the ball. Um, they need to not take as many t- touches and they need to probably close down uh, a bit better. Um, I think at times, I don't know if they were like mentally um, exhausted or because Newcastle did give him the run around times, but um, I just think we just need to be a bit cuter with the ball and obviously um, play it with a bit, probably play the ball a bit quicker, close down a bit quicker and not have too many touches. I mean, in the Championship, I mean, if you looked at it, Forest could have taken like three or four touches and not uh, singling out McKenna here, but for example, he got the ball and he, wait, he wanted somebody to come across nobody come across so it's like three or four and sometimes you can get away with that in the championship but he needed the three or four touches and he's trying to play it down the line and it gets intercepted for a forest throw and they close the um, the space really quickly from a throw then they get the ball back and that was just the level indifference and yesterday we needed too many touches and they didn't and, um, and like I said earlier it's not like the fact that all the players have got the speed well the physical speed is like St. Maximin but speed of thought and that was the difference um, yesterday where they get the ball one touch two touch and they've released it and we needed more touches and and ultimately you can't do that in the Premier League because the um, players are um, quicker with the uh, speed of thought Who impressed you most in a Forest shirt? I think Nick Carter I think he's made for the Premier League he's got that build of like a a Rudiger who's um, in he had really classy um, defensive qualities yesterday where he'll He's got the strength and he's got that bit of speed of thought as um, as well. So I think he's going to be um, good. But I think it's, gosh, even though yesterday was a baptism of fire, I don't think we should um, take too much out of it. Like, or oh, he's not going to be good enough. I think it's going to take time. But, um, but yeah, some players didn't have a good game yesterday. But that's not discouraging that they're not going to be good players. I think it's just going to take time to gel in everything. Um, I thought, like I said, as soon as Lingard gets up to match fitness, I think he's going to be the star on our side. You could see like flashes of brilliance from him. Um, and uh, Mangala, the more, the more game time he's going to get, he's, um, I think he's going to be uh, pretty decent. But like, it, but he only had like, what, 10, 15 minutes yesterday. So it's hard to take anything from um his uh, brief appearance yesterday. So we've been talking amongst ourselves in in sort of our WhatsApp group about the game, and we were we were talking to each other during the match as well. The I think the general feeling is that Forest did look like a Championship side making the step up and perhaps struggling to bridge that gap between Championship and Premier League. I think they did look a bit lightweight at times, particularly in midfield. We saw Oral Mangala come on late in the game and. He looked okay as much as as he was involved. He might be a key figure as he gains match sharpness and and gets more time in the side. But much has been said of Forrest's recruitment this summer and people outside of the club who perhaps don't know the story of how Forrest got promoted and the players who, who we've lost since the playoff final... 
we'll look at the Forest team and think, well, they've signed too many players. They've, you know, they're upsetting the balance of the squad, the team morale, etc. But I look at the match yesterday and I'm going to put a question to you. Does that Newcastle performance show that actually we need more players and we need more reinforcements to be competitive? Yeah, um, yeah, I do. Um, I think with the midfield, I think, like I said earlier, I think O'Brien and Colback are, are good players. And I think O'Brien will start more games than Colback. But I think we just needed a few more legs in there. But then you look at the bench, um, apart from uh, Mangala and uh, Awanihi, is that the bench is a bit light. And if you look at their side, they um, even though they didn't start yesterday, but um, they brought Sven Botman on, and they brought um, Murphy on, Chris Wood on, and then look at our bench, and we brought Awanihi on, Mangala on, and Alex Martin. But beyond that, the our side wasn't strong enough. But not many people have said this from yesterday: is Ryan Yates wasn't in there. Yeah, and Ryan Yates could have been a massive difference yesterday. We all know he's not the best footballer, but he will get in people's faces and he will break up the play and he can get around the football pitch. And not many people have said that. And I, and I was thinking about this on the way back from Newcastle yesterday. If he was fit and match fit, would have he made the difference? I mean, I, I know it means a lot of cog, cogs have to fit into other cogs for a much better performance yesterday. But I think he would have been a huge difference of just breaking up Newcastle's play. And as much as O'Brien and Colback tried yesterday, they didn't really break up the play. Mm. And Yates could have been just that important cog in that midfield yesterday. But, uh, but we would never know until until he gets back into the side um, kind of thing. So, But going back to your... Um, to your question, yeah, we do need more players. And whether that's going to be Morgan Gibbs-White, because Wolves are on the verge of buying um, Guedes from Valencia, and I think he plays in the same position as Morgan Gibbs-White. So if that's a domino effect for us to get Gibbs-White, then that's just one player. But I still think we need another striker and a couple of more um, in there to... Because um, not only we need... a strong competitive starting 11 but we need the reinforcements on the bench if we're losing the game or things aren't going according to plan and then we've got that quality off the bench to obviously um, help us out and yesterday you looked at the bench and no disrespect to him is it um, is it Hammond who's yeah Ollie Hammond yeah yeah I mean no disrespect to him but he's never kicked a ball at first team level so it's if he did come on yesterday it was very hard for him to change a game because he's not played much uh, or if any, uh, first team action. Then obviously you got um, Lyle Taylor on the bench, um, etc. So, which some people might think he's on on his way out. And oh, it's been put on record that I'm not his biggest fan, but I'm not saying I don't want him at the club. But I just think Steve Cooper probably thinks that we can get somebody better in. And I think um, by the end of the window, I think. Lyle Taylor won't be here whether he goes back to Birmingham or whoever so but yeah we do need uh, more players in and more players of a, a good quality to make us competitive and make us um, improve over the next uh, weeks and months yeah and 
Taylor's an example there, somebody who didn't play much of a part for Forrest in the Championship. So now in the Premier League, he's on the bench and it does feel like we are a bit stretched in that in that regard. You had Cafu on the bench as well, Loic and Beso, players yeah, who, and have it, a, who weren't regulars in the Championship. Yeah, so. exactly. I mean, Cafu, we didn't really see him much. I mean, I know he come on in the playoff semi, but ultimately that was to be a penalty taker. Um, Taylor was spent half of last season on loan. Embe, so apart from the first couple of games of the season, uh, we never saw him um, last year. And I can't remember who else was on the bench as well. Um, I know Myson, Amangala, Anoui. Um, Biancone, um, and then Wayne yeah. Hennessy, obviously, is the goalkeeper yeah. sub. Yeah, so yeah, we do need um, extra quality um, on the bench. And then um, two players have left the club this week on loan. Uh, Richard Lue, uh, I think, he's on, if he's not already gone, he's on the verge of going back to Toronto. And uh, Brian Hoshader has gone to Real Salt Lake City, which when we bought them in September, uh, sorry, September, um, when we bought them in uh, January, I think they were players for the championship. And because the club's evolved and we've got into the Premier League, I think then they're not good enough. And no, I know we haven't seen them, and it's not a matter of writing them off, but we never saw them in the championship, hardly. Yeah. So to expect them to be regulars or um, well, regular squad players uh, in the Premier League, it's a huge ask. And just a quick one back to Ryan Yates. Obviously, him not being available affected our depth. Steve Cook as well was unavailable for the match. And whether he'd have started or not, I'm not sure. But those two missing in particular showed exposed Forrest's lack of depth in the squad, I thought. The bench would have looked a little bit stronger had both of them or even one of them been available to be on the bench. And it does show you that even though we've done a lot of work in the transfer market this summer, there's still plenty of work to do in order for us to be competitive and and give ourselves the best chance of staying in the Premier League. Yeah. And if you look at the other two fellow promoted sides, Bournemouth and Fulham, because obviously they've been in the Premier League in the last few years and gone back to Championship, they've managed to probably keep decent squad depth and players who have played in the Premier League. And we've never had that. So we're playing catch-up to them, but also playing catch-up for everybody else in the league to remain competitive. So, yeah, it's going to take uh, yeah a few more players to... One, give us the squad depth, and secondly, give us the quality and that's needed to play, uh, what, another 37 games uh, in the Premier League. And comparing ourselves to the other two promoted sides who played yesterday, both of whom got very good results. Fulham, 2-2 at home to Liverpool. Bournemouth beating Aston Villa 2-0. Are they just benefiting from having a more settled group of players than, and a more settled side than what we have at the moment? Yeah, possibly, because I know that um, home advantage um, is a key factor and them two did play at home yesterday. And also, they might have a settled side. I mean, Scott Parker was alluding to it a couple of weeks ago in his um, in our press conference saying, oh, we're not ready, we're not competitive, but their side probably seems a bit more settled than ours. Was they have, apart from getting um, Ryan Federicks in and um, who's um, Tavernier from, um, oh, sorry, Tavernier from uh, 
Um, is it Middlesbrough? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so they've only added two and it hasn't really disrupted the uh, the balance of their squad in terms of what they already had and Fulham are the same really um, because obviously they've still got the majority of the players when they were last in the Premier League. So, uh, yeah, we've just had like a massive upheaval in terms of players leaving, getting players in. So, like I said earlier on, it's just going to take time for those players to gel and uh, learn each other's qualities and etc. So, uh, so yeah, they're, they're following in Bournemouth in a, a different um, world to us in terms of what they've got in squad depth compared to us. Yeah, and there is plenty of work for Forrest to do after the Newcastle game, as, as we all know. And as they prepare for their first home Premier League game at the City Ground for 23 years against West Ham next Sunday. You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Before we move on, we've got the opposition view on the Newcastle match. And joining us from the Tune Under podcast, here's Jack. I think the first thing to say really is that it really is really great to see Forrest back in the Premier League. Um, I hope that's not patronising or you know, condescending. I think you've probably heard quite a lot of that over the last couple of weeks. But the club with such history and support that uh, it's really good for the Premier League to have them back in. And I think Newcastle and Forest supporters are probably two of the most excited and hopeful fan bases this summer. Um, in terms of the actual match, so Newcastle have only been beaten at home by Liverpool and City under Eddie Howe since he take since he took over in October, uh, and we did actually win six home games in a row at one point last season. So St James's Park really is a bit of a fortress, a really difficult place to come for opposition teams. The last home game of last season was an equally convincing 2-0 against Arsenal uh, back in May. And Newcastle as a club is really on the up. Uh, the atmosphere is just absolutely amazing around the city, around the place. Uh, and there's a lot of momentum there. So it's really difficult for any away team at the moment to come to St. James's Park, which is really good for us. Um, with the match, I think the tone of the match was really set in the first 10 minutes with the four corners, uh, a couple of chances that Newcastle had had uh, in that first period. Uh, Almiron and St. Maximan were picked out as the kind of danger men in our preview, what we did with Rich, and they were both really lively. Bruno and Joe Linton are just top-class midfield players. Uh, they'll give anybody a good game. I think Forrest defended bravely and did really well in limiting kind of clear chances. But they couldn't escape the press and they were forced into a couple of errors. Um, but, the, you know, they're not the first team and they won't be the last that that happens to with Newcastle this season. Uh, it's kind of a feature of our game that has really come on. And you can see that the, the, the team and the players have been coached well by Eddie Howe in that, in that style of play now. 
the there was two just real quality Premier League goals that were the difference. Um, and Cher's done that before. He's he's got a real rocker on him, and everybody knows what Callum Wilson can do. Um, and I think our defence, Burn and Cher, coped really well with the Lingard and Johnson threat. It was really difficult for Forrest to kind of get out of the get out of their own half at times. I think, but as I said, I think that was just as much to do with Newcastle's pressure and the way that we played as much as anything Forrest were not doing doing right. I think I wouldn't really be too disheartened as a Forest fan. I think you'll be a very different prospect when the new players settle in and when you're back at the city ground. And Steve Cooper's obviously a really talented coach who knows what he's doing. He's sort of from the, the Eddie Howe school, I think, as well. Uh, so really good luck for the rest of the season, apart from for the return game in March. Uh, maybe you can, you've can you got a bit of time to get Henry Lansbury in uh, back before that one. Cheers. Thanks, Jack. And now it's time for the Forest News Bulletin with Callum Castelnovo. Hi, it's Callum Castelnovo of the 1865 News Roundup on Sunday, the 7th of August. So it's been a busy week at Forest. We've had a few outgoings. We've had Zande Silva to Dijon and Nuno da Costa to Auxerre. We've had a few loan outgoings. So Ajeda has gone to the MLS with Rail Salt Lake and Richie Larea has returned to Toronto where he actually got an assist and won a penalty for his side on his kind of debut. It'll be his second debut for the team. So sounds like it's going well already. Um, we've heard that Lolly may be going to Australia. So we obviously know that he is going to be leaving the club. He's with the under-23s at the moment and that sounds like the likely destination at the moment. Um, but then, yeah, the big the big bit of news that's kind of took over the week is the Morgan Gibbs-White saga. So we've had a few bids rejected, but it looks like they are bringing in Goncalo Guedes from Valencia, the Wolves' side are Bruno Lage, and he kind of plays a similar role to Gibbs-White. So it might be that that kind of influences everything because it has been rumoured that if, if they're to bring a player in Wolves, then they might be more inclined to let Gibbs White go. Um, they, I think they're buying Guedes for around £27 million. So it's a similar amount that Forrest are offering for Gibbs White. So it's one to keep an eye on. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of reports, a lot of rumours, um, but he'd be a great addition to the side. And there's supposed to be a verbal agreement with Freuler from Atalanta, um, but negotia- negotiations are ongoing between both clubs. That sounds like it could get done, something to keep an eye on. And then Forrest have inquired about Jiz Hawkamp and Che Adams, which means that they are looking for a striker. Um, obviously, Keenan Davis was also on the radar. I know he picked up a hamstring re- injury recently. Um, but yeah, they're, they're not they're not stopping, not slowing down in terms of a striker. And they are looking for a left back. And then Riley Harbour all scored his first goal for Mansfield this week, which is great. So it looks like it's going well for him. Um, with Mansfield and then Andy Reid appointed to the first team coaching staff after 18 months as under-23s head coach which is a great step up for him really good for the club he obviously used to play for the club over 200 appearances um, and it's really good it's really good to have that development between the actual club itself um, and yeah I'll be back with more Forest news after the West Ham game So Tom on to West Ham It'll be Forrest's first home Premier League match for 23 years. 
the first time that the City Grounders hosted top flight football for the best part of a generation. How are you feeling ahead of this game? And do you think that we'll see a response from Forrest after what happened at Newcastle? Yeah, I can't wait for the um, home game next week against West Ham. Practice City Ground and everything. And uh, whether Fours have got a display up the sleeve, um, who knows? So, like I says, 23 years been a long time without Premier League football at the City Ground. But um, regarding Forest, um, there has to be an improvement. You don't want a trend setting in where um, we've lost the first two games of the season. So first and foremost, uh, the performance has got to be a hell of a lot better. And I think it will because when we had like a setback last season under Steve Cooper, the game after was a real improvement. He's got, and in the championship, he's like, he played on like a Saturday or whatever. Then you had probably a midweek game. We've got a full week now. Well, more than a full week because obviously we've got the extra day. Um, and also whether this is going to be a factor already, but we've got an extra day over West Ham because they pulled A today. Um, so, yeah, there has to, I think there will be an improvement. Um, Steve Cooper and the players will know that. So they'll be working really hard this week. Whether we see any new recruits uh, come in, who knows? Because I know the club's constantly looking for um, to improve the squad. Etc. So, um, so yeah, next week, um, yeah, full bouncing uh, city ground. Um, I think it's going to be a great uh, occasion. You saw the advantage that a raucous home crowd can give a team at Newcastle. So, next week it's Forest turn, and I'm sure the fans will turn up in their numbers, make the city ground a cauldron of noise, and really try and cheer Forest on to securing a victory, which would be. A very special occasion, actually, if they pull it off, their first home Premier League match for 23 years and a, a good West Ham team. But I think there's every reason Forrest, if they can get their performance together and, and learn from what's happened at Newcastle, I don't see a reason why Forrest can't go into that game and potentially take all three points. Yeah, and we've got to go into the games, regardless of who it is, we've got to go in with the uh, the mindset that every team's beatable. And Liverpool are beatable. I mean, they struggled yesterday in certain aspects against Fulham Turner to get a two-all draw. And you would have thought that um, you would put your house on Liverpool winning the game yesterday and ultimately they didn't. Um, I know Man City played today. Um, they got West Ham today. So, uh, so yeah, it's one of those where you've got to go into the game with the mindset that anybody's beatable and try and get somebody on a, an off day. But um, I think next week... Um, First home game. I think the home form is going to be absolutely crucial for Forest to retain their Premier League status come next May. So, um, so yeah, really looking forward to it. Full crowd uh, in and everything. Uh, who will make uh, an absolute racket? So, uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully, there's a vast improvement from uh, Forest with um, well, full week or so. Um, getting to know the play. Um, the players get to know each other a lot better and then Steve Cooper's got a full week to work on the training ground with them. Absolutely. We'll wrap it up there. Thank you, Tom. And thank you as well, listener, for joining us. If you are joining us for the first time this season, we've got match reports after every game. We've got our big pods once a month, our big roundup. So do subscribe, do leave us a review in your podcast provider and that will help Forest fans find our content and also make sure that you don't miss a match report from us throughout the season. 
Thank you for joining us. And until next time, goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.